Step into the realm of the paranormal until the last drop, a show that blends paranormal stories and events with a themed drink. On this episode, we've got gin. That's it. Just gin. Um, but multiple kinds of gin. Let's say we have gin and gin. Yes, gin and gin. Yes. And juice. Uh, some juice, yes. Some mm-hmm. juice. But mostly gin. Yes. Um, we've got gin as the creature, those mythical beings that are known as sometimes benevolent, sometimes problematic, mostly found is in Islamic culture and um, a lot of subsidiaries of there. Uh, or I guess you might commonly know them as a genie. Uh, not so much Robin Williams genie, but the term generalized of genies. I think a lot of people are probably more familiar with genies based on Disney's Aladdin. Yeah, that's in that or Arabian Nights, the story that was told that Disney adapted it from. I was going to say <laughs> the, the story that yeah. Aladdin came from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, our other gin, um, the botanist, uh, 22 separate botanical formed in Islay. It's an Islay dry gin. <laughs> so that lower portion of Scotland. And uh, we'll be giving a little bit of a review on that and maybe a little bit on how it's how it comes to be. Mm-hmm. The dead will rise so they can hear more content from Till the Last Drop. A gin, sometimes known as I mean, I'm going to say the different spellings. The pronunciation is probably the same. So, Jenny, Jen, Jen, Jin, Shaitan, <laughs> Shaitan uh, is in Arabic lore a type of interfering spirit, often demon like, but not equivalent to a demon, as are the Greek daemonos. Daemonos? I don't Demonis? know. Maybe daemonos. Anywho. The uh, jinn are self-propagating and can either be good or evil. They possess supernatural powers and can be conjured in magical rites to perform various tasks and services. A jinn appears as a wish-granting genie in many Arabic folk tales, such as those in the book of 1001 Nights. That's a lot of nights. It is. Let's see. In pre-Islamic lore, the jinn are malicious and born from smokeless fire and are not immortal. They live with other supernatural beings in the Kaf, K-A-F, a mythical range of emerald mountains that encircle the earth. They like to roam the deserts and wilderness. They are usually invisible, but have the power to shapeshift to any form, to be an insect, other animal, or human. It's also been said that King Solomon used a magic ring to control Jinn and protect him from them. The ring was set with a gem, probably a diamond, that had a living force of its own. With the ring, Solomon branded the necks of the jinn as his slaves. That's interesting. Yeah. Which made me think is like doing some pre-research to this. I was wondering if they actually had an alcohol by the name of King Solomon's gin. And unfortunately, I found nothing. Well, now you accidentally put the idea out there, so <laughs> you can't. Do it yourself because well, now somebody else is going to do it. Uh, you never know. I mean, there is a King Solomon's Cooler, which is a drink mix, but... Is it a mixed drink or a drink mix? Uh, it's probably a mixed drink, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a difference. Well, yeah, I guess. I haven't seen any kind of like... But then again, it could be a pre-mixed drink. I don't know. I don't have any interest in that. <laughs> <laughs> My interest lies more on the gin itself 
Lies. Yes, lies and deceits. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, please don't. (laughs) Ah, not here. No. So, you know, as spiritual entities, the jinn are considered dual-dimensional. They have the ability to live and operate in both uh, manifest and invisible domains. They, like you said, they're capable of shape-shifting. They can shape-shift into human or animal form. They eat, drink, sleep, procreate, and even die. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I thought that was really interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, that also kind of falls back on our last topic of like shadow creatures and shadow people and all that. It's like perhaps these interdimensional beings, like it could be a djinn now that we come across this information and throw that out there. It's like interdimensional beings, some benevolent, some malicious. You never know. It could be a djinn that's actually these uh, shadow creatures. Well, you know, I've seen um, a lot of those videos on YouTube where um, somebody's exploring a reportedly haunted building or place or whatever, and they're being tormented by something and a lot of a lot of them say that it is a jinn um i think a lot of those videos oftentimes that say that their jinns are um potentially arabic youtubers yeah. yeah a lot of times um it sounds like it yeah i i don't personally know i don't want to say that for a fact um um somewhere in the middle east we know yeah um and i think it, a lot of times it's stated before the video or during before the clip or something that it's it's got it up there, so. Right. Um, um, but a lot of times, if they actually see any kind of a manifestation of it, uh, it will be more of a, a shadow-looking kind of person. Um, I know there's some where they've panned to a mirror and you'll see a humanoid face oh, yeah. behind them. Um, but I know a lot of them tend to be more kind of just humanoid shadows. Right. So other than jinns just being a uh, religious style of demon or interdimensional being, they also have a little bit of pop culture roots as well. What was it 94 Aladdin by Disney came out and that really kind of 92. Um oh yeah, Lion King was 94, I think. I don't know. Anyway, um they released Aladdin which was what was it? Uh, Arabian Nights. I think, I think so, that's what yeah. it was called. Um, so they did their take on that where they had Robin Williams voice the genie, a very, I don't know, charismatic and entertaining genie at that. And that's probably one of the more familiar instances of a genie that people can recognize, obviously with the Disney, <laughs> the Disney power that be. Well, yeah, Disney's kind of. Uh, yeah, uh, it's not a small company. <laughs> no, no. Um, unfortunately that doesn't save them from making terrible live action remakes. Yeah, I don't, I'm not even ever going to watch that. Yeah. Um, however, there's also another genie that many people don't know of. Um, it could have been Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Which one is that? Uh, Kazam? Yep. That was Kazam. Uh, if I remember, he was a genie that was trapped in a tape. Boombox. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. It was a boombox. It wasn't just the tape. It was no. It was a boombox. Um, it was the kind that you put up on your shoulder, yep. like all hardcore, and walk down the street. Um, what makes it even better is that I believe that the movie used uh, some of Shaq's own rap style. 
Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, I because forgot he did, about that. He does have rabbit. He actually is. Um, oh, I don't remember the name of it now, but he's he's got his own like production and all that where he's doing different raps and stuff. And oddly enough, somebody at work was playing some of it. <laughs> oh. So but that he, was like the thing. Yeah. He, I mean, obviously there was more. Um, a lad in his lamp in 1948. It was a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoon with Bugs Bunny. Bugs uncovers a magic lantern, which contains an exuberant but uncooperative genie. After being transported to fabulous Baghdad, Bugs is pursued by Caliph Hassan Pfeffer. Who tries, <laughs> Pfeffer? Yep. Uh, who tries to take the lamp away from him. Hilarity ensues. Oh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> uh, I love it when I find text that actually tells me that it's going to be funny. You know, I'm down to watch anything that tells me that hilarity will ensue. Yeah. Um, there was the seventh voyage of Sinbad in 1958. Uh, there's a couple of Twilight Zone episodes. I suppose most notably the man in the bottle and I Dream of Genie. Um, that name alone, uh, the sitcom. I Dream of Jeannie, which spelled a little bit differently, uh, featuring Barbara Eden. Uh, she plays a 2,000-year-old blonde Persian genie, completely infuriated, oh, I'm sorry, infatuated <laughs> by the American astronaut. Um, well, I suppose that would make sense, too, I'm sure sometimes. It's a sitcom, so it makes sense. I used to watch that, though. Oh, yeah. I used to love that show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of something else, but apparently I was, I was thinking of some, some movie with, uh, Will Ferrell and it is not a genie movie. It was actually a witch movie and it was a terrible movie. So. All right. Yeah. I don't know who that is. But. Um, there's a whole, oh yeah, the horror film, Wishmaster. Oh, yep. oh, that has one of <laughs> the most hilarious and horrifying scenes ever. In a movie. Now it's been a while since I've seen it. So all I know is that it's an evil gin as a villain. I don't remember. It was kind of like a monkey's paw sort of situation where like I think every every wish that he granted, they got it. But it, it always had like some messed up twist. And he was in jail. I don't think this is the first one. I don't remember which one it is. I haven't seen all of the movies. But so he's in jail and he's granting wishes. And one of the other inmates is upset with his lawyer. He feels like he's not doing his job to try and get this guy off. And so he asks for his wish is for his lawyer to go F himself. And (laughs) I see where this is going. (laughs) And then and so he's like, okay, your wish is granted. Um, The guy, the inmate then gets notified that his lawyer is there and so he goes into the room to meet with his lawyer and and his lawyer's letting him know hey i finally got it happened i i finally figured out how to get you out and you know i i found this loophole so we're gonna get you out of here and the inmate is so thrilled because this is what he's been hoping for and all of a sudden his lawyer's face contorts and he starts like screaming out and the inmate is trying to figure out what's going on and all of a sudden the lawyers (laughs) the lawyer's body twists i'm not sure exactly how but magic then yes the inmate watches 
as his lawyer literally f's himself fun yeah he he was both the lawyer himself looked like he was in agony and ecstasy it was a very confusing moment yeah that is what i remember about wishmaster cool sounds like a great <laughs> film oh yeah um, uh here's a few others uh episode of supernatural big surprise they've <laughs> um, covered like everything yeah uh, let's see uh, some episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, that's not a vampire, but hey, they probably tried to slay it. They had other things on there. Yeah. Um, an episode of the X-Files. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Phantom from uh, Butch Hartman and also the Fairly Odd Parents. They both had some genies involved. Um, one obviously dealing with ghosts and the other one with fairies. I feel like the Fairly Odd Parents that... <laughs> definitely makes sense that they would have yeah Jin or genie i mean i kind of feel like Jin are probably similar to the fae yeah um in this case i i think it had something to do with like because they had like the rules that the fairies could grant and all that and i'm pretty sure like the whole premise of the episode was that uh the genie was able to bypass those rules because technically oh. it didn't apply to him so he had his own set of rules. However, it did have that kind of backlash behind it. The monkey's paw? Yeah. For instance, it's like you had to choose your words carefully. I mean, you had to phrase what you wanted. You can't just be like, I wish for a steak because you, then you'd either get like a steak of meat or a wooden steak. So, or you would get a steak like they have to take it from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the name of the genies, the name of the genie was Norm. And you can <laughs> guess who voiced the genie. Who? It was Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald. Yeah, let's all remember him. Mm. I've got nothing against him. I'm just like he's uh he's very noticeable when you hear his voice. Yeah, he's got one of those voices. Um he's actually he sounds very much like Adam Carolla. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting because at first I was like, wait, who is this? And anyway. Um there's some more Disney stuff, uh DuckTales. There's apparently a gin in there. Yep. Uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, DuckTales the movie. Chip and Um, Dale had a gin? uh, I believe so. Uh, Main character, Monterey Jack, finds a lamp with a genie. Oh. Turn into the genie himself. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. That was ages ago. Uh, I don't have a date of when that came out, or the episode anyway. So, unfortunately, I... I mean, it was when I was a kid, so, you know, that was a long time ago. (laughs) Not terribly long ago. It was long enough. Okay. Um, You weren't a kid yet. I don't know. Um, (laughs) There was Bernard and the Genie. This one might uh, be familiar to somebody over across the pond, if you will. A 1991 BBC comedy about a hapless art dealer who discovers himself to be in possession of a real-life genie imprisoned in a lamp. Oh. Yeah. I haven't heard of it. Oh, so. Neither have I. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, yes, it was 1992 that Aladdin came out. Uh, It had two sequels uh, that were normal. I think it was like Aladdin and then Return of Jafar because he became a genie because why not? And then like King of Thieves, which was the third one which they brought back Robin Williams as the voice actor because the second one had uh, Homer Simpson. 
I think it was Dan Kessnell. Really? I think so. Um, That's what I get for not watching anything past the first <laughs> installment. Well, there's a reason for it, so. I know, I'm pretty sure they kept kicking out more, but they were like straight to to video. Yeah. Um, what's that other one? Jafar goes to the optometrist or something? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. Jafar buys a condo. Yes, yes. Um, Aladdin starts a family. I think that was another one. Uh, mm-hmm. Abu goes to the vet. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apu finds love. Yeah, yeah. Um, Iago is still bitter. Yeah. <laughs> we <can> just... <laughs> well, let's let's we're, we're gonna stay away from anything with Gilbert Gottfried in it. Oh come on. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, obviously, we've already mentioned Kazam. They, <laughs> from what this is, there is okay. not a lot of description on that movie. At I all. happen to have a thought earlier. They really missed out on an opportunity they could have gotten sinbad to play kazam you know that that would make sense but i think it would make more sense if they had sinbad play sinbad in that whole thing i mean uh, it only makes sense but i was just you know that that could have been interesting yeah um there's some with peewee's playhouse Jombie. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, I'm pretty sure that that could be the same Jombie that they're talking about in the Tool song. Oh, really? I don't know for sure. I think the spelling's a little different. I think Pee Wee's Playhouse had Jombie while Tool had Jumbie. I think it's like an A as compared to a U. Mecca like a high, mecca hiney ho. I don't know. I don't remember hearing that in the song. <laughs> um, so we might have to track down and ask uh, Maynard about that. Maynard, please get in touch with us. <laughs> which which genie was it? So we're gonna we're gonna hear from Maynard and we're gonna hear from Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> I swear if we get a response or something, I'd be like, Of course. I know. If we get a response, I'll probably pass out. <laughs> I mean I'd be excited and, and yeah. Yeah. Um apparently oh, here's another one. Obviously ABC. Um and as we all know, ABC is owned by the big company with the ears. Um, Fox? No, <laughs> the other company with the ears. The mascot. I don't think the Fox Broadcasting Company has a fox as their literal mascot. But they're missing out on a great opportunity. Um, ABC's hit television show, Once Upon a Time. There's always something. Because everything took from like the whole Disney side of things. They had one that was uh, along the lines of the Aladdin storyline and all that. So they had a genie in there. They had Aladdin in it. I didn't watch that much. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't either. Mm. You watched a bunch of stuff. I'm kidding. I watched the whole day. <laughs> I had show. to sit there and watch it because oh, that's what's what on TV. Because you love me. I guess. <laughs> you slept during it anyways. Um. There is, well, we made reference to some songs, and this is just turning into a big list of things, but I'll try to go through this quickly. Uh, Christina Aguilera, Radiohead, uh, death metal band known as Nile. I don't know how familiar they are. A South Korean girl group, Girls' Generation, released a hit song, Tell Me Your Wish, parentheses, open, genie, parentheses, closed. <laughs> And a mini album at the same time, <laughs> title, Tell Me Your Wish, parentheses open, GD, parentheses closed. <laughs> uh, that was too good to uh, to miss on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, and then there's some video games that have it as well. 
obviously a genie is a very good application to use in a video game because it kind of lets you give i i can see it as a storefront go to the genie get the thing go to the genie get the thing yeah. do the stuff yeah win then, the game yeah and that almost goes back to the thing with um uh what was it oh i was i was going to make reference to dragon ball but i didn't get to it um but like in some sense uh shenlong or the the eternal dragon of the dragon balls i mean he's summoned mm-hmm. and he gives you a wish yeah. Um, and the applications of that in video games is like you can get a new power for a character or a different item or whatever, too. So right. I can see how that could kind of fall in line of the whole genie I'm thing. I'm sure there's a lot of different uh, characters and, um, you know, things in video games that are somewhat derived from genies and gins. Oh, yeah. There the is of them. so much. <laughs> um Anything like Magic the Gathering, they mm-hmm. actually use the gins, like the actual DJ INN. Don't you have gins in your DJ deck? in? Oh, oh, <laughs> good lord, no. Uh, yeah, I think I might have a couple of them. Um, so yeah, stay thirsty for the unusual with till the last drop. So, jinn are fluid in form and interpretation. They not only possess and converse with us, but they can also fall in love or in bed <laughs> with humans. And a pre-Islamic poet once wrote about sleeping with the feminine form of a jinn in a poem called How I Met the Ghoul. Now, this seems to have a reoccurring theme with a lot of things. Why is it that everybody has to sleep with something? Like, why is it? It's like, oh, here's a ghost. Oh, let's sleep with it. Oh, here's a, an alien. Oh, let's uh, let's get it a drink and see what it, the night's going to come. See where the I night mean, takes us. Some probing, maybe. Hilarity um, ensues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, here's Bigfoot. Let's see how big his feet really are or something like that. You know like what that. they say about a guy with big feet. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it's, got a it's long that, step. that weird taboo <laughs> uh, fascination. You're either going to be scared of it or you're going to make it scared of you. No, you're going to be either you're scaroused. <laughs> uh, Futurama reference on that yes. one. Yes. So would you like to hear? Uh, there was a genie. Oh, no, there wasn't a genie on that one. No, never mind. On Futurama? I don't think there was. I don't remember a genie being on Futurama. No. Oh, well. So the poem... How I Met the Ghoul. I lay upon her through the night, that in the morning I might see what had come to me. Behold, two eyes and a hideous head, like the head of a cat, split-tongued. Legs like a deformed fetus, the back of a dog. Again, let's sleep with it. (laughs) Clothes of hair cloth or worn-out skins. Huh. (laughs) <laughs> sounds like a great time uh so um apparently according to some the ability or desire to have sex isn't all jinn have in common with humans <laughs> they they like to eat and drink and sleep and yeah they pro they like to procreate and they and they do die um their mortal lives can extend for thousands of years but they they do eventually die. Yeah. Um, apparently, people could. Oh yeah, of course, people can be possessed by jinn and mm-hmm. all that. Um, ordinary human acts can kill 
or hurt Jin without people being aware of doing so. When that happens, Jin possesses the offending people in order <laughs> to take revenge on them. Others who are vulnerable to possession are those who live alone, for Jin are opposed to community. They're opposed to community? Yeah, and that, that kind of comes back to some of the roots of religion as well. Um, what was it? I think... Uh, some of the founding ideas of Islam was uh, that it was to bring people together to form communities rather than like being um, kind of like nomads and just kind of wanderers and all that. The idea was to bring people together. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not any expert. I'm just going off of what I've kind of experienced and all that. So, but yeah, I, I guess that would make sense to as to why Jinn are so embedded in like Arabic culture and, and all that too in areas where Islam is more predominant. So another nice little interesting fun fact about the jinns is although they can live anywhere on the planet, they prefer deserts, ruins, and places of impurity like graveyards, garbage dumps, bathrooms, camel pastures, and harshest dens or hashish dens. Hashish? Hashish dens. There we go. Got it eventually. <laughs> Third time's the charm. Yep. Uh, they can also live in the houses where people live. They love to sit in places between the shade and the sunlight and move around when dark first falls. They also like marketplaces, and Muslims are warned, warned not to be the first to enter the market or the last to leave it. That's interesting. So is a market constantly open? Maybe. That would make sense as to avoid the jinn if that would be rooted so much in culture. So if, if they're drawn to places of impurity... That would explain the markets. Well, no, I'm just like <laughs> saying, so if you have one in your home, does that mean you have an Clean your house. You have an home? <laughs> yes, clean your house. Uh, uh, yep. you just, maybe you just have a dirty, dirty soul. Uh, maybe. I mean, that is your own personal house. Your temple, as ah, you will. My uh, body is my temple. Uh, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so... That is a good amount of gin. <laughs> I mean, I think we might need to take a short break to, uh, I don't know, eat some crackers or something and absorb all this gin in our systems. Uh. Uh. Until the last drop, we'd like to hear your stories, not have you become the story. So please drink responsibly. Are you ready to go on a roller coaster botanical odyssey in a glass? Yes. Good. <laughs> then I think you might be ready for our uh, our drink for this episode. Yep. Since we've been talking about multiple gins and how they go about their business, we've got a gin of a different spelling. This one is known as the botanist. It takes 22 different, I guess, herbs, bark, seeds, obviously juniper, and it all is crafted on, uh, I believe, an island of Islay and southern scotland um the result is a very fragrant gin um just by smelling it you can immediately it's like you're getting punched in the face by a flower and probably <laughs> in a good way <laughs> oh in the best possible way yeah so go ahead and fight muhammad all flower or something what? i don't know i i don't know any flower puns so clearly yeah anyway <laughs> why don't you go ahead and uncork this thing or, uh, I don't know, tap into the the 
tree of whatever and get some gin. I don't, I don't know. That, it's a maple. Why don't I just uh, let the gin out of the bottle? Ah, good uh. one. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to point out that all of the uh, herbs and flowers in this gin are forged responsibly and by hand from the hills, shores, and bogs of the uh, fertile Hebridean Island. Oh, yeah. By professional foragers. <laughs> professional foragers. That sounds fun. <laughs> I think it would be interesting. Yeah. Um, a little bit of their description, basically what they introduced it as, uh, progressive exploration of the botanical heritage of our Isle of Islay. 22 hand-foraged local botanicals delicately augment nine berries, barks, seeds, and peels during an achingly slow distillation. <laughs> Achingly yep. slow. The first and only Islay dry gin is a rare expression of the heart and soul of, of our remote Scottish island. And that is basically from their own website. So obviously they're proud of what they do. And from what we've encountered of it, it seems like it's a very good representation of their craft. I am. I mean, honestly, the uh, they say right on the bottle that. The result is a roller coaster botanical odyssey in a glass, and I am all for anything that has that as a claim. <laughs> roller coasters are cool. Odysseys are nice, um, except uh, isn't it named after the survivor of the, I guess, Odyssey? Is it? Well, yeah. Wasn't Odysseus the only like survivor, and he, the story was named after him because of such, <laughs> well, or, or something along the lines. <laughs> So, are you ready for me to uh, make a drink? Well, let's start off with just the straight gin itself. Okay. And then we can make it into, uh, I think this time we'll go with an actual mix. Normally we'll go with straight drinks in the first season, but this time around we'll probably go with a Greyhound. The night is dark. The spirits are restless. They demand to be poured until the last drop. All right, so it looks like you've got a glass poured of the gin already. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you, uh, I guess you're already holding it, so go ahead and give a taste of it and kind of a brief opinion while I can grab some and do the same. It's definitely got a very nice aroma. Mm, yes, a very a very product, provocative nose. I don't know. <laughs> uh, did you already get into the gin? No, mm. no. it's strong I know you're never really a fan of just straight alcohol no I'm not it doesn't taste bad it's just it's definitely alcohol well all of this is alcohol (laughs) that's what we do here we drink alcohol and talk about this paranormal (laughs) I mean I wouldn't want to drink this and be like well that's definitely a ghost it's a spirit that's true. Yeah. Ah. This is why people change when they drink alcohol so often is because they're consuming actual spirits. Because they're possessed. Yep. And they're taking on different uh, characterizations. Yeah. Mm. Well, that could be interesting. It could be a gin in this case that people are drinking gin. <sighs> Yay. The sigh of an approved pun. <laughs> I love to hear it. Uh-huh. So what is your thoughts on the gin? Well, (laughs) I'm going to need to drink a little more. (laughs) 
<laughs> it gets a nice strong juniper taste right off the bat. I don't think that it's very overpowering. I think that it's got a nice, nice blend of flavors, but I'm not familiar with every individual flavor in it. So unfortunately I can't pick them out. I think it has a really, it definitely has a nice flavor. I couldn't tell you what they all are because uh, like you said, I'm well, not. And that's the other part of it too. If it's a mix of what they're putting together in the area, I would almost imagine like if you're from the area or if you're um, exposed to all of these different, like, I guess let's say botanicals mm -hmm. that are in the area from where you'd be familiar. Maybe you'd be able to like, you'd taste it and you'd kind of link it with that smell. Right. Kind of like right. one of those things. And I suppose that that would could, could like bring the draw of like somebody who's from Scotland or something and they're kind of used to the same kind of scent taste profile. They're familiar with those botanicals. Right. That are, that are local. Right. And it may bring back some memories and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's always a pleasant experience on top of a nice alcohol. Yeah. Um, but as far as like it goes, I I think that it, it tastes nice. It's <laughs> would be something that I could easily just sit back and probably like just chill it or just serve it over some ice and just be pretty nice. Just sipping on it. <laughs> I could actually drink this. I wouldn't prefer to just drink this, but I could. It's it's not unpleasant. Um, it has a you can tell it's a decently strong liquor. Yeah. Um, but it's got a, a very nice, like you said, the, the botanical flavor. It leaves a nice flavor in your mouth afterwards. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's very pleasant. Yeah. I could picture myself rolling down the street, smoking endo. Uh, <laughs> sipping on gin and juice. Oh, yeah. Laid back. With your mind on your money and your money on your mind. Only sometimes, though. <laughs> Not all the time. But definitely with the gin and juice. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of gin and juice, would you like me to make a Greyhound? Yes. Now, unfortunately, I don't have the origin of the Greyhound name. I suppose, like, while you're... It, it probably originates from lots of places. Well, it could be the dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Or it could be the bus. Or it could be a drink that has been served at many a race when dog like races were a thing. In I'm I'm not sure. Just go ahead and like mix that <laughs> for me, please. <laughs> oh. uh, while you're doing that, I might try to find a little bit of a backstory on you the said Greyhound. It's one to two, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they did like two ounces of a gin, as well as four ounces of a grapefruit juice. However, if we're making it slightly smaller, just, I guess, eyeball. One, two, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, don't forget the eyeball. I mean, that's part of the garnish. Can I have your eyeball, please? Oh, I thought you brought extras. I need I mine. I don't just carry eyeballs in my pockets. <sighs> you didn't tell me I would need an eyeball for this. I should have gone into the eyeball drawer beforehand. You see, I'm in my eyeball <laughs> drawer. Okay, fine. Uh, apparently, the earliest mention of this said drink, the Greyhound, came from a bartender and author, Harry Craddock's Savory Cocktail Book of 1930. He describes his recipe as a variation of the grapefruit cocktail, suggesting that such cocktails were already in common use before his book was written. 
His recipe consists of nothing but gin, grapefruit juice, and ice. In this case, just because obviously we're recording, we're going to omit the ice because I have a feeling it will just dilute it way too much. So basically just gin and grapefruit juice. <laughs> so we're missing a third of our ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah, I mean, basically, and then a recipe for a similar cocktail with the name Greyhound appears in Harper's Magazine in 1990 or 1945. Thus, the cocktails were made of vodka, sugar, and canned grapefruit juice, a Greyhound. This cocktail was served at Greyhound's popular restaurant chain that was located at bus terminals called Post House. So So, people get sloshed and then get on the bus? uh, Well, I mean, it is a long bus ride back then. So why? What else are you gonna do? It's a long bus ride now. It, I don't yeah, think that's, that's changed. Yeah, buses haven't changed their speed. <laughs> uh, but it does make sense. Like if it was served at restaurant chains that were located in bus terminals, chances are, it, I mean, the Greyhound bus. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a relatively older drink. If it's if you're saying the uh, first. <laughs> really recorded yeah. recipe for it is like 30s and 40s. Yeah, 1930. Believe it or not, that's 90 years ago. We're almost approaching a decade. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're 90. I'm I, saying that the drink is that old. A decade? You mean a century? Yes. A no, we're, no, I mean we were a decade out from a century, oh, I suppose. Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> I probably didn't phrase that properly. No, because I was confused. I'm like, wait, what? I don't know if you've tried this, but no, I see I it sitting not. here. Oh, well, then here. Oh. You tried the gin first. I'll let you go first on the drink itself. Well, it definitely smells like grapefruit juice now. Well, yeah. I, I'm not a... <laughs> <clears throat> sorry. I'm not a huge fan of just grapefruit juice, so... It adds a bit more bitter to it. Yeah, it's... I think... I don't know. I don't know how to describe this one. I mean, obviously, it's gin and grapefruit. And yeah, <laughs> that's I, it, pretty much what I, I don't mind it. But I think I think the citrus works well with it. Yeah. And that I think that is is absolutely a good mix. Um, I think I would personally prefer a different citrus juice. Maybe some uh, apricot liqueur and some orange juice. <sighs> yes. Making another Snoop reference there. Yes. <laughs> yep. Make a paradise. Yes. He was the one who actually made the largest paradise on record, I believe. Uh, I do not remember the exact contents. I think, or not contents, but the exact quantity. I believe it was like, what, 500 liters or something like that? It was that? Do it you remember? A lot. No, I don't remember. You, oh. you were reading um, it off to me and I was... Yeah, yeah, astounded with the amount of alcohol and <laughs> trying to figure out why on earth anybody would ever I mean, need to make that much of a drink. I mean, it's Snoop Dogg. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can collaborate with Martha Stewart. Dude, that's an awesome team up. Uh, yeah. So we probably shouldn't name drop him too much. Otherwise, uh, he'll find us. Dude, I'm cool with that. <laughs> like, come on, Snoop. <laughs> Let's go. You can come on the show. I mean, we don't have enough alcohol. 
So I feel like he would probably, you know, bring his own. Well, but it's Snoop, so like we would find the. He'd probably make his own. (sighs) I wouldn't be surprised if he's got his own like uh, brand of alcohol by now, but probably. This is Till the Last Drop, and you're listening to this next section on our tab. I think that's going to do it for our gin episode. Either you want to call it gin or you want to call it Dijon, which is very close to the mustard. I know a lot of people like that on their pretzels. Yes, mustard. Mustard me. Mustard magic. (laughs) Mustard magic. Um... So anyway, we went over some of the gins and we obviously covered some of the botanist as well, which is a very nice gin. Uh, We tried it in the Greyhound mix, which was not bad. So, uh, of course, I always prefer having an alcohol straight before anything else, just so you can get the idea of the flavor profile. So that's always fun. I don't know if you're so much of a fan of doing the straight alcohols. I think it's good. I mean, it, it gives you a better idea of what it will pair better with. So, and, and I think it's good to just have a general sense of what it tastes like by itself. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, before we go, we've got another little cross promotion going on here with uh, Late Night with Larry. The podcast features Larry and Vince, and they talk about all sorts of creepy cryptids and all that kind of stuff. But I'll let their promotion kind of tell you a bit of what they do. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. And we are Late Night with Larry. We do a podcast where we like to talk about cryptids, the paranormal, hauntings, UFOs, and anything that goes bump in the night. So if you're ready to cross the cryptid crossroads, come on over and bring an open mind. We'll be waiting for you. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Till the Last Drop. You can not only hear us on our website, but also iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, A lot of places are picking us up now, so we're a little bit easier to find. Spotify, Stitcher, you know, some of those places too. Um, Obviously, if you have any kind of comments or anything, look us up on Facebook. We'll try to get back to any messages that you have or if you have any ideas um, as far as what drinks we might want to uh, take a look at. Or if you have a creepy story that might have happened to you, go ahead and share it with us. It's always nice to have somebody share that kind of that story and maybe we might even... uh, feature it in one of our episodes at one point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with all that said and done, thanks for staying till the last drop. Thank you for listening till the last drop. For more paranormal experiences served up with a theme drink, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts.